0: Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. All month here at Scarlet Note, we've been talking about, well, this is the second week that we've been talking about it, but we've been talking about Kenonia. Kenonia, which means generally caring for each other. Another word that you can use for Kenonia is fellowship, which is also to have participation, being in community. Fellowship among us is not an option. As believers, it is not an option. It is a command and a standard of anyone who calls himself a disciple of Jesus. It's it's a rule. You have to do it. I hear people, I'm I'm an introverted person. I don't like talking to people. Well, Jesus is saying you have to break out of that. You you have to break those walls down. Because we need to fellowship amongst each other. I don't know about you, 2020 was hard. To be locked in the house for a long period of time, not seeing my friends, not seeing my family, was very difficult for me. Was it not? You don't know how it was seeing my parents come and knock at my door and were were only allowed to wave at me because they didn't want to cross anything. We didn't want to cross our germs or anything like that. And they would drop little presents for us. And they say, hey, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. That right there hurt me so much. Why? Because I couldn't embrace my parents. I couldn't embrace my dad. I couldn't embrace my mom. My brother would FaceTime me, say, what's up? That I'm used to. <laughs> but my sister, I missed her hugs. I missed her jokes that she has towards me. My brother, I lived through it all my life. I'm tired of those jokes. It's, it's okay. But I missed the fellowship amongst families. And this topic here is very important because we're pushing, we're pushing this away from our culture in today's society. So far away that it's like gone. It's almost to the point that it's vanished. You don't even see this anymore. And Jesus is saying that we have to do this to be called to, to be considered one of his disciples. Like there's nothing else. There's nothing else. This right here defines who we are in our walks with Jesus. The fellowship, the kinonia, the, the time that we spend at home watching movies and, and, and watching Netflix. And I know you guys are watching all these crazy movies and stuff like that. That right there is sometimes fellowship depending on the movies you guys watch. <laughs> the others is just like a crazy meltdown, but it's okay. Narcos. Narcos, hey, calm down with that stuff. Calm down with that stuff. I finished it. I need to (laughs) pray. Pastor Jose read from the book of John, chapter 13, 35. Listen up. It says, let me give you a new command. Love one another in the same way I loved you. You love one another. This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciple. When they see the love you have for each other. When they see the love you have for for each other. Not when they see the way you dress on a Sunday. Not when they see the extensive vocabulary that you have when you start speaking Christianese. With all your fellow Christians. It's the love. It's the compassion. It's it's the the hug that you give your neighbor. When they're feeling hurt and when they're feeling down. You see, sometimes... We're good at going to church and doing churchy things. But then when church is over, we become, we become like Shrek. We become angry at the world. We become angry at politics. We become angry at family. We become angry at friends. And that's not friendship. That's not fellowship. That's not kinonia. Again. The way you act amongst everyone else is determined if you really follow Jesus or not. It's not about your extensive certifications and all this stuff you have. It's not about that. It's about the way you carry yourself. Every day I come on Sunday or when I see people that come to our church and, 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 and I see them outside of the church, I always ask them, how are you today? And sometimes I get, it eh, could be better. You know what I do? I stop them right before they say that. I say, you're doing wonderful today. You're doing amazing. You may be going through some obstacles, but I believe in a God that can change that for you. I believe in the one who has the answers for you. You see, you, as a Christian, has to implement that lifestyle into your friends, into your family. This is our job as followers, as Christians, as believers. In the New Testament, we read a lot of times about caring for others, We read phrases like serve one another. We read phrases like submit to one another. Yeah. We, we read phrases like consider one another, forgive one another, peace with one another, love one another, have the same mind with one another. Receive one another. If I'm knocking at your door, open it. Don't talk to me through your doorbell. We're not here. No, don't do that. Welcome me in. Say, you want some coffee? I like, yeah. But we're living in a culture where that doesn't exist anymore. We don't know how to give hugs anymore. We don't know how to cry with each other anymore. We don't know how to submit to each other anymore. Because we always want to be right. We always want to have our angle on things. Well, I don't agree with you. Guess what? Jesus didn't agree with a lot of people. But he was serving all the way to the cross. Today, I want to read a passage from the Bible, and if you read my title, it's The Do's of Fellowship. Next week, I'll talk about the don'ts of fellowship. This week is The Do's of Fellowship, because there's a lot of things we got to get straight. I'm going to read from the book of Luke, chapter 7, verse 36 to 50. This is an awesome story, and I'm just going to be reading in these two weeks from this story right here. It says, now, one of the Pharisees were requesting him to eat with him. And he entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster veil of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and she wiped them with her hair the hair of her head as she began kissing his feet and anointing them with perfumes and now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this he said to himself the Pharisee said to himself if this man were a prophet if this man I'm saying it like this if this man really knew who this woman was or if this man really is the Messiah, he would know who and what sort of woman is touching him, that she is a sinner. And Jesus responded and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, say it, teacher. A moneylender had two debtors, the one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they were unable to repay, he canceled the debt of both of them. So which of them will have love for him more? Simon answered, I assume the one of whom he canceled the greatest debt. And he said to him, you have judged correctly. And turning towards the woman, you got to imagine this. Jesus is talking to Pharisees and then he turns to the woman. He said, look, do you see this woman here? I entered your house and you gave me no water. For my feet but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss but she has not stopped kissing me my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil but she anointed my feet with perfume. For this reason I say to you her sins which are many have been forgiven for she loved much. But the other but the one who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins have been forgiven. I want to skip down to 50. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. We recognize in this culture of these times that is very different from modern day culture. But when it comes to the fellowship and the love that Jesus is promoting, we can't Take away the true purpose of fellowship and the fellowship that we're trying to promote this month, and continuing out the, the rest of our time here at Scarlet Note is the is the fellowship of the kingdom, is the fellowship that represents the kingdom. If we go to verse 44 and 46, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water. Back in the day, let me tell you something, back in the culture, back in Israel, they were known for walking with sandals. So they will walk deserts and deserts and different communities and different cities. And they had sandals and sometimes they walk barefooted. But the culture at that time was as soon as your guests came in, you would offer them some water so that they could clean their feet. And Jesus said, you didn't even do this for me. But that woman that you're calling a sinner has done this for me. Many times, we're allowing people to come into our home all messed up. There's no peace that they're receiving when they see you. Because you're already making that face like, oh, this guy again. That's what the Pharisees was doing to Jesus. Jesus was reclining himself at the table. He had dirt on his feet and the Pharisees was just looking at him, judging him already, saying this guy says that he is the prophet. And if he's the real prophet, he should already know that the lady that is wiping his feet is the biggest sinner in the community. The first point I want to let you guys know is, is that that community that they were in was a very nosy community. Was a very nosy community. Think about this. Jesus is in somebody's house and everybody's saying, yo, Jesus is here. Jesus is at the Pharisee's house. Jesus is at the Pharisee's house. And what did the woman do? She took the advantage and she went. You see, sometimes we live with pain, but we don't go to the one who can take it away. Sometimes we live with struggle, but we don't go to the one who can help us. We're just there. Gracias. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you, George. I love you. We, we, we sometimes are coming into people's homes and we, we, we can't just say, hey, you know, take off your shoes, get comfortable. We give them restrictions. And then when they sit at our table, we look at them like, oh, my God, this guy again. How am I going to continue this conversation with this dude? I already know his problems. I already know his struggles. He's going to come and talk to me about the same stuff. Jesus didn't do that. That mindset did not come from Jesus. Jesus was seeing a woman who was cleaning his feet. And she was, he, he was just watching her. He was just enjoying that moment that he was receiving. Now, if you guys want to invite me to your house and clean my feet, I would also enjoy it. I, I, I will also enjoy it. But thank God for the rugs that we have outside our home so we don't have to do that anymore. So, back again. That culture was, as soon as you knocked on the door... You will get a, 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 a vase of water and you will just pour it on their feet and clean their feet. And they will be coming in and they will enjoy their fellowship with you. you. See, Jesus took out. He Jesus took the time to explain to Simon that this woman was not at her house. Her, this woman was not at her house. This woman was not in her realm. She was okay with preparing with backlash From the Pharisees because she was going to the one who could solve all her issues. You see, sometimes we have to push away things in our lives. Or we have to push away things that we may face so that we can get the answer, get to the answer. Pharisee was over here talking, saying, man, this guy, this guy does not know who is washing his feet. And Jesus is over here like not even paying attention to her. I'm like, bro, if you only knew all the stuff that she's doing, you should be doing this. Let me tell you something. There's nothing better than having God's presence in your house. There's nothing better than to have God's presence in your house. And it's funny that most of us do not have his presence at home. We only have his presence when we're here on a Sunday. But we don't insist on carrying on with his presence when we leave from here. John thirteen three and 4, if you have that, please put it up. Jesus, knowing that the father had handled all things over to him and that he had to come forth from God and was going back to God, got up and from supper and he laid out his garments aside and he took a towel and tied it around himself because I don't have a towel that fits my body. I can't tie it around myself. But I have this little nice towel, and this will do. See, when we serve people, we have to be ready to take away all of our garments that we sometimes carry of title, of entitlement, of career. Sometimes we're saying, oh, I got my degree, so I, I can't do that serving stuff. I can't do it. The Bible says it here that Jesus took his garment off, placed it at his chair when he was with the disciples, and he was cleaning his disciples' feet. If you're not able to serve that way, you've really got to look a little bit more in depth into your life. Our lives here on this world is to continue to live a life of serving. That's what we're here to do. This is what we're here to do. To do, But we, we sometimes want to carry our degrees and, and our, our, our titles and, and boast about it. You know how many times I sit down with people and they are doing very well in life. But their relationship with Christ is horrible. They're doing well when I see their cars. I'm like, wow, you have a nice car. It's just a nice car. But their marriage is falling apart. They're doing well. But guess what? At this dinner table... They're the only ones sitting at the dinner table, and me, right across, but their family members are nowhere in sight. At home, my table is very important to me. My table is very important to me. This is where I get my information from my boys. This is where I get my information on how my wife is doing. This is where I get my information on, hey, how was your day at work? Hey, who's that person bugging you at school? What's going on? How is math? How is English? But today, in today's culture, this table is obsolete. It doesn't make any sense because everyone is in their tablets living their own life when their life you should be living is the life in Christ. Thank you. The reason why I have this table up here is because I want to illustrate something to you guys. Jesus said that he took his garment out on that one scripture and and he washed his disciples' feet. He took on a servant's position and he humbled himself. I want you to ask yourself that question. When was the last time you humbled yourself to someone else? When was the last time you said to yourself, hey, I think I should give this person a little bit of change to help them out? Something inside of me is saying to give this to them. When was it the last time you invited someone to your house? for a plate, for a meal. When was it the last time you invited a family member that you didn't like just to talk again about that issue? Think about it. Because if Jesus was able to submit himself, you are too. But for some reason, we choose not to. Like I said in the beginning, if you can't serve, if you can't be amongst fellowship, then you're not living according to what Jesus has. As a a representation of his followers. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down, asked. This is from uh, John 13, 12 to 17. If you got that up, you put that up. It says, after washing their feet. This is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. He put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord and you're right. Because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. Verse fifteen says, "I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you." I tell you the truth: slaves are no greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the, messen- the, the message. Now that you are that now that you know these things, God. Will bless you for doing them. Now today we don't have to watch each other's feet, and sometimes I say, "Thank God that I don't have to watch each other's feet," because I don't want to see y'all feet. But it says when Jesus decided to wash the disciples' feet in verse three, it says that he laid aside his garment. He laid his his garment. That is a symbolic of him laying aside his position. Philippians 2, go to Philippians 2, 5 and 8. It says, have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. When I die, I want to die empty. Are you listening? I want to die empty. I want to use every opportunity that I have to impact somebody's life. Many of us just want to (laughs) we want to we want to go away with everything we have. And that's not going to happen. I want to die empty to the point where I know that I did my best to reach that one that's hurt. I did my best to encourage uh, Angel. Every time I see him on Sunday. angel, how you doing? He's Like, bro, I'm doing good. I, I'm doing my best when I'm talking to Pablo or when I'm talking to Will. I'm sorry, ladies, I'm not talking to you guys that much. <laughs> but our guys need help here. And I'm talking to them and I'm trying to encourage them. And as they, they, they're talking to me, guess what I'm doing? I'm being encouraged by the change that I see in their lives. Every Sunday I talk to them, some, the, 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 the response is different. I'm doing better. You know why I'm doing better? Because you're telling me never to say that I'm doing bad. I can't believe in the struggle that I'm dealing with because you don't want me to believe in that because the answer is in Jesus. That's why the Bible says faith without works is dead. You got to have faith, even though it doesn't feel like it. Even though it feels like everything's going chaotic, you have to talk with faith. On Friday, on Friday, I, I took my infusion for my MS. And I'm talking to everybody and they, I've seen people come into the clinic in the wheelchairs and I'm seeing people come in to the clinic with extra help because they can't walk. And, and I'm walking in out like this. I'm walking in there with confidence that God is in control. I'm walking there knowing that God, even though this medicine is crazy that I'm putting into my system, that God is going to do a miraculous move in my life. And then I'm studying the word because I got to preach today. we are facing storms. We are all going through obstacles. Let's decide on what we do with them. Let's, let's, we can we continue to cry in them or we can go like this. We can watch somebody else's foot, somebody else's feet. We can embrace somebody saying, hey, you can do this this week. I know you're struggling, but I believe in you. You have an amazing heart. You have amazing capability. You just got to continue to push through. You just got to continue to believe in God. You just got to continue to understand that he has the answer for you. Don't give up. Don't give up yet. But then we surround ourselves around people who become like the Pharisees in our life. As soon as they see us, they're just talking a whole bunch of stuff of what we've done in the past. They're talking about all the stuff we've done in the past and they're just putting it in our face, saying, oh, I remember when you used to do this. Guess what? I don't remember it. Sometimes you have to talk to people like that. When they are saying, oh, I remember you used to do this. Like, I don't remember that. When was that? That wasn't me. That wasn't me. I don't even know who you're talking about. And they said, bro, I remember. We used to do it together. Like, no, no, no. Don't compare it with you. I'm a new creation. My past is a race. I'm new. I'm starting new. So I don't think about the stuff I'm doing back in the day. I'm, I'm living in my now. I'm living in my now. When everyone is living back here, I'm living up here. Talk to your neighbor and say, I'm living in my now. If you're next to your wife, say it quietly. Say, I'm living in my now, baby. Don't be judging me. first point I want to make is we have to have a heart to serve. Remove your credentials, your position, your financial stability to be able to show that you love others. You need to remove who you are and perform the task of a servant. You need to perform a task that no one else sees. Sometimes we're here, we want to be seen, and Jesus is saying, that woman in back of me is doing everything that the Pharisees were supposed to do. She's not being seen, she's doing the action before she receives the blessing. Do you get that? Do you get that? Yo, we need some water here at church, some water bottles. Bring some water bottles so that we can can drink the water in our service. I don't have to say that. That should be already imp- implemented in you as a servant of Christ. Hey, you see a paper on the floor? Pick it up. That's an action of serving. I don't have to point that. You just you just do it. Let me tell you something. When I was a kid, I didn't understand why I did this as a child. And it was actually because my dad was telling me to do it. Um, I didn't understand the purpose. But I don't know if it was... I don't know if it's culture related, but when two adults were talking face to face and you was walking in the middle of them talking. When I would cross in front of them, I would bow my head like this and say, excuse me. And they'll say, oh, stop you. Go ahead. Today and days you have kids that just runs right in front of your face. They don't say excuse me anymore because we're losing it. We're losing what it is to just show passion, to show love to each other. That was a sign of respect. We have to have a heart to serve. Everything we do at work, we have to have the heart to serve. I know you're saying I get paid for this, but have a heart to serve. No matter how much wealth, no matter your, no matter about your social status, fellowship is a shared space and an atmosphere that I can always be certain I'll always walk away better when I arrive. You don't know how many times when people come to my house, they're asking me, dude, what is it that every time I come here and when I leave, I feel so much better. I feel so much better. How many times have you been to a house and you left and you talked to your husband or you talked to your spouse and said, look, we can't go back there no more. Like those people are crazy. We're not gonna get any help from these guys. But that's the problem. For some reason, for some reason, we wanna be around people like that. I'm not saying not to be around people like that. If you're gonna be around people like that, be around people like that to f- help them. To help them. Don't be a burden onto them. Don't start issues at their house. <laughs> you know, my dad was a big guy like that. He used to do that to me and my wife. He used to start issues and then leave. And I'll be like, pop, dog, you can't stop. Please, man, we're dealing with an issue here. <laughs> we'll, be throwing, we'll be throwing the logs like, go ahead. But that's the problem. We, we, we surrender ourselves around people who aren't right with Christ. And because they aren't right with Christ, we're not getting the benefit. I expect that every time I invite somebody at my house or invite somebody to my house, they leave different. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. I, I, I have an expectancy to the point that when we are expecting people at our house, guess what we're doing? We clean the house. We, 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 we're doing like a big performance at our house. I'm talking about we lock every door. We lock that one bathroom door that's extra, like cleaned very well. We lock it. Like, I have a bathroom downstairs that when our guests come, that's the only bathroom that they use. And that's when you bring out the good towel. And you bring out the, the fabuloso to clean the toilet bowl. And get the good soap, not the cheap one. The ones that got the little beady beats in it. Like. Like, like, that's the stuff. And guess what I do? As soon as we prepare that bathroom, look, it's probably on a Monday. We then lock the door. And we don't touch that bathroom for a whole week. I got two more bathrooms upstairs. Now I'm not saying we're not going to the restroom. We are. Upstairs, we have two more bathrooms. But that bathroom... I have an expectation of what's going to happen there. There's an expectation on how I want to welcome my guest. I want to make sure that when they sit down, they're like, oh, this bathroom is nice, it is clean. Look at these towels, wow. It's 100% cotton. But that's the problem. When we're welcoming our guests for the first time, we don't treat them like that. We treat them like the Pharisees and just start... Determining who they are from their past and we start dictating how they're going to be in this little meeting that you're going to have at home. At my dinner table at home is the one time that I am, like I have this table at home that's kind of like beat up. It's kind of dingy but I love it because it has a lot of stories. Because at my table this is where I see breakthroughs happen. At my table this is where I see hearts being mended. At my tables, this is where I see people who are um, about to divorce, their love becomes even stronger for each other. Now, I want you to think about how is your table at home? Is your table being occupied by people and being made better? Or is your table being occupied by people and being made worse? You see, Jesus had an opportunity to push that woman away. But he didn't. He said, everything you were supposed to do for me, she has already done So when I have people and they come to my house, guess what? I get the nice plates. I put it out for them. I make sure I put my glass cup through the washer a couple times because I don't want no fingerprints on them. I decorate everything with an expectation that something is going to happen miraculously in the midst of our fellowship. Now, think about the last time you had a great fellowship like that. If it's been a long time, we got a lot of work to do. Second point, put others before you. Put others before you. Stop trying to take the spotlight from everybody. Stop trying. You know what? I get tired because I'm around and I I see people and they're just hurting other people. If you're doing well financially, okay, good. Good for you. But don't down people. We're not here to down people because of their hurt, because of their struggle. You're probably struggling and it's just different. You're probably able to hide your struggles. Stop putting people down. Put them before you. My dad reminded me of something yesterday. because I I was talking to him and I was like, yo, I'm I'm nervous. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm just playing, I've been studying. But he was uh, talking to me. He said, yo, man, that's a good point about, you know, the table. That's a good illustration. Then I come here, and, and <laughs> Gladys is going to be preaching uh, two weeks after me. She said, you're using the table. I'm just going to use that illustration. I was like, gotcha. But um, he's like, bro, remember when your grandma used to offer somebody a glass of water or a glass of tea or something? cold. They will put the water in and put the ice cubes, and then they'll wrap it up with a little napkin. They'll wrap it up with a little napkin and just offer it to that person. Has anybody done that? I don't know if it's a Spanish thing. Rob is shaking his head no. Rob, they don't do that for you? I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. (laughs) He said, this is all new to me. But I remember my grandmom doing that. She would wrap things up on nice things like, here, papito. This is for you. See, that's the same care that we need to give our guests when they come in our house. Don't worry about being perfect in front of them. Put them in front of you. Start worrying about somebody a little bit more than what you're worrying about yourself. You see, when, I, when people are coming to my house, I go outside I cut the grass. I do the edging so it's nice and square on my property. I go outside. I pick up the little trash. I go to my backyard to tell my, my kids to pick up the dog stuff. They do that. I don't do that. I'm, I'm too old for that. I can't do that. And they go out with their little picker and they pick it up and stuff like that. But I'm doing all of this for an expectancy of what's going to happen when my guest comes into my house. You see, I I... I I I'm happy when people come to my house. You know why? Cuz that's when I'm going to eat good. <laughs> Mama, I eat good, baby girl, but you know, you know, you you be doing the extra stuff onto the side side that I like. You see that, that there's a difference. There's a difference cuz she's putting others before me. She's like, "Ah, oh, no, not okay. we got to do this for them." And as soon as they come in, let me see. Uh, Andy, are you doing something? Right, he's my brother, so he you can come up here. Come on. As soon as my brother comes in my house, she she does she she cooks really good. I I have no shame in my game. As soon as my brother comes into my house, he knocks on my door. Knock on the door. Don't look for none. Just knock. Okay. Oh, he don't knock. He got colds. He goes to my house. Yeah. He's like beep 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 beep. My door's open. <laughs> you see when he comes in, I welcome him like, yeah, but you gotta come in like, come in, bro. What's up, baby boy? What's, what's, up? Cool, what's up? What's up? How bro. you doing? Yeah, I'm good. You see, sometimes it's not that long. <laughs> it's not that long. It's not that long. <laughs> but when I'm hugging on my brother, I'm saying, bro, I love you so oh, much. Man, I love you too. I know you're probably going through a lot. I'm going through a lot. But I just want to encourage you and say that I love you with all my heart. You see, sometimes people need a hug like that. But we don't know how to do it because we want people to be like, yo, what's up? It's good. You want to you sit down at my table? Go sit down. Shut up. Yeah, go ahead. And it's funny that most of the time I've been invited to places and they just forget that I'm at the table. There's a difference when you're here talking in fellowship. Yo, how's the family? Good, They're good. good. How, how, how's your job? It's, it's, going. it's going. It's going. Man, that's what's up, man. You look good. You've been losing weight? Yeah, you know, I've been starving. Man. You've been starving? <laughs> not, not having too many guests at my house. Not having too many guests at your house. <laughs> Yo, I've been living with that all my life. (laughs) But there's something about this moment that is so special for me because I have sofas, a whole bunch of sofas at my house. But I can be hours and hours and hours on end just at this table having conversation, having moments of fellowship, and encouraging my brother. As he's encouraging me with laughter and jokes and he's talking about me like, bro, your stomach is getting big, you're fat. I'm like, I love you, it's funny, ha 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 ha. But these are all moments that we don't see anymore. Because it's just like, all right, bro, I'll catch you later. Have a good one. Peace out. And we send a text message throughout the week say, hey, how you doing? And then we never talk to each other again. You see, there's something special when there's two people or three people or four people having an awesome conversation with each other. Put others before you. When I come into your house or when somebody else comes into your house that's not me, welcome them in with open arms. Ask Christians or go is not just to be happy. When Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples, he knew that Judas would betray him. He knew that Peter was going to deny him. But he was still, he was still serving. You see, there's a problem because sometimes we don't want to serve because we're we're so, so like, we're so angry with that person. We say we can't serve him because they did this and they did that to me and they did this. And God is saying, forget about it. Because I was there and I was watching Judas feet. and I knew he was gonna, I knew he was gonna betray me. I knew that was gonna happen. But my job is to love him, unconditionally, even when it hurts. My job is to love Peter, even though he's gonna deny me three times. Think about it. How many grudges do we have even with our own family? That we don't put it to the side because we wanna be right. We wanna be okay. We wanna be like, I was right the whole time. You didn't want to agree with me, I was right, you was wrong. And Jesus, is like, I'm gonna put away my garment. I'm going to wash your feet. I'm still going to show you love. Then I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to sacrifice my life for all your pain. I'm going to sacrifice my life for your hurt. I'm going to sacrifice my life for your sickness. I'm going to sacrifice my life for your loneliness. Because I love you. There's no greater love than that kind of love. Where you're able to sacrifice yourself to the point of not holding people accountable for their wrongdoing. When you're able to forget, that was kind of hard right there. Oh, yeah. When you're able to forget everybody else's wrongdoing. See, Jesus was not having a pity party. Jesus wasn't saying, oh, man, this is going to happen to me. Oh, it's going to go down here from here. No, he knew what his purpose was. And his purpose was in the life of Judas and then also in the life of Peter was to show that there's hope still in this world when someone sees you they don't see you for you they see you as jesus so imagine if someone is looking at me this form of jesus is very handsome look at the shape i have like wow that guy is very abundantly blessed with food and i'm like yes but when they see me they see jesus i don't want to show them the ugly side of jesus i want to show them the jesus that has his hands open wide the Jesus that's loving on them, encouraging them. Let me tell you something. If you haven't checked our Facebook page, on, on, on at the Scarlet Note Facebook page, we have a Scarlet Note shout out that we do every Sunday to show our volunteers how much we appreciate them. How much we appreciate their dedication. They don't have to be here, but they come out here sacrificially and they give up their time to do what? To prepare the atmosphere for the word that you're about to receive. Give them a round of applause. Third point, choose to encourage. Choose to encourage others. I'm not here to put you down. If you hear that I'm here putting you down, tell the board and they'll kick me off. My job here is to encourage you. My job here is to motivate you. My job here is to say that you can't give up yet, that you you just got to hold on a little bit more. There's a lot of times when in life we're just holding on to things, to circumstances that we've held on all our lives. And we just hold on to those issues and we look in the mirror and say, I remember when I was this way. Stop remembering when you was that way. Forget about it. Remember how you are now. Let's enter into our own realm. Choose to encourage others. Forget about the pain you're dealing with. Look, in the midst of my pain, yeah, I had had an IV here in my hand and I was there for like six hours sitting down and and, and I was there and in the middle of me dealing with this, it was putting steroids in my body and all that stuff and in the middle of all that, I was saying, God, I need some kind of word to encourage the people at Scarlet Note to understand how important it is to fellowship, how important it is to show some love how important it is to choose to encourage others. I don't want you to forget this because many times we find ourselves just worrying about ourselves. And when I'm at my table, I'm encouraging people. My wife is encouraging people. She's encouraging me. She say, Papa, you look good with that shirt. I'm like, thank you. She, she is motivating me. But there's many tables that don't look like this. There's many tables that look like this. There's no expectancy. There's no expectancy for change. There's no expectancy for breakthrough. There's no expectancy for anything. The table is just there just to be there. You see, when you put all of your table mats and your plates and and, and your cups and your napkins out with your silverware, you put that out you are ready and preparing the atmosphere to grub. You're preparing the atmosphere to receive an amazing meal. But sometimes we have tables like this and there's no expectancy. There's a lot of, hey, just fix yourself something and you can eat anywhere you want. How many times do we do this? I think we do it a lot. We forget as parents that we are responsible for the development of our children. We forget that every word that comes out of our mouth should be encouraging our kids to do amazing things. You don't know how many times I laugh at my boys because they are funny. They make me laugh. I have one boy who is intelligent. He loves to write books. And guess what? When we're in the table, and say, papi. You're going to be an author someday. So I need to buy you some more pencils. I need to buy you some more notebooks. And guess what he does? He continues to write. His vocabulary when he writes is phenomenal. It's great. It's, it's to the point where I'm like, bro, this dude is really going to be an author. And then I have the other boy who we're still praying for. <laughs> the one, is the, that other one, the, the old, oldest, he got, he got it from me, not my wife. He got the brains from me. I know. But he's like, oh, dad, what is this word? I'm like, bro, where? first of all, how did you come up with this word? He's like, no, I I, I, read it. I saw it in the show, and I want to see how to spell it. I'm like, okay, this way. And then sometimes I use Siri, and I speak into Siri so he can spell it out for me. And you know it's bad when Siri don't understand you either. <laughs> and I'm like, erase that, erase that. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But at this table, I'm sitting down, and my wife, baby, come here. And she's sitting down. This is how we sit down at our table. She's sitting down. Come on, Mama. Carino, hermosa, preciosa. I'm the one to serve. You. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. She 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 likes to serve me a lot. But as she's eating, I'm also eating with her. Oh, you don't have to throw it on. Just me and you. And as we're eating, I'm saying, babe, how are you doing? How's, how's the family in Mexico? And there's moments where she needs me to hear her. Just because you're at the table or just because you seem that you're the head of the house doesn't mean that her word does not count. My wife has mended my heart many times. My wife has rebuilt me many times. It wasn't on a sofa, it was at a table. There's so much good that can come from this table if we could only bring it back to society. Think about the last time you've had the opportunity to talk to a family member and encourage them. You don't know what your brother or sister are going through. But when me and my wife are sitting down like, Mama, baby, you look so good today, girl. And then what you say about me, baby? (laughs) That didn't even sound like it was truthful. <laughs> and I said, baby, I know I'm a big spender. I know I'll be spending stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to control my spending. That coffee maker I wanted, I bought a coffee maker from Walmart. Let me tell you something. When you're buying a coffee maker from Walmart, make sure it's the right color. It wasn't the right color, so I had to take it back. It didn't match the kitchen. It's her kitchen. (laughs) So I had to learn that. But let me tell you something. Choose to encourage one another. So many husbands and wives sit at a table and they don't even look at each other. They don't even talk to each other. They They don't even say, baby, I love what you did to your hair. You know that you're the most important woman in my life. You know that when I look at you, When I look at you, all my pain goes away. Some people can't even do that. Why? Because their relationship with Christ isn't, isn't being fulfilled. They don't know what it is to have a heart filled with hope. When I look at my wife, I look at her just to encourage her. I look at her just to build her up. And she does the thing vice versa. Listen. Third point is to choose to encourage each other. Go to my fourth point real quick. Fourth point real quick. Don't settle for less. When there's an issue at home, we are going to settle the issue. Many times we don't settle issues. We just let them fade away. My job at home as a husband and her job at home as a wife It's to make sure when we go to bed, we don't sleep in different beds. We just allow everything to come to a conclusion, and we settle those issues. Sometimes we can settle issues just by saying, all right, let's take time. Let's talk about what we're going through. And when we have these moments of of, of conversating, we're able to push out the areas in our lives that are becoming distractions. And we come up with answers here at the table, here at the moments of fellowship, here at the moments of encouragement, here at the moments of breakthrough, at the moments of serving, at the moments where we think that we need to be right, but instead we're backing down just to listen to what the other person has to say. Don't settle for less. Every time people come home, I expect that they leave differently. Expect the unexpected. Expect that when they leave, they're leaving fulfilled, they're leaving rebuilt, they're leaving with a whole different kind of confidence. When they say, yo, I had a great time with the Carmonas, it was phenomenal. Becky made this awesome salsa that Papo talked about in his last service, in his last message. This is the problem. We want to settle for less. We want to settle for less. When the job is not to settle for less, there's still hope. You still can bring hope to that person that is lost. You still can bring hope to that person that just needs some kind of comfort. You still can bring hope to that person. Because when they see you as an individual, they should see a representation of who Jesus is in you. Not just you. And if they can't see Jesus in you, you got a lot of work to do. For those that are watching at home, I want to encourage you. I know that you are probably in your sofa and enjoying that moment. You're probably making some coffee, or it's 12, probably eating lunch. I want you to think about the last time you had with a family member and call them up. And call them up and invite them to your house and say, hey, I think we got some things we need to resolve. Cause I want to make sure we're all together. We're, 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 we're cool. Everything is cool. There's nothing. There's nothing that can break somebody than to have unsolved issues in your life. There's a lot of people who are dealing with stuff because they're unsolved. And Jesus was at the dinner table. And the Pharisees was there just determining him as a man. When the person who was washing his feet knew who that man was that was sitting at that chair and saying, I'm not going to wait for this opportunity to run out without getting my blessing. I'm going to get a breakthrough today. I'm going to leave all my hurt and leave it at his feet. I'm going to pour oil on his feet and on his head. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to fill his cheeks, his face with, with kisses. I'm going to love him unconditionally. I don't care what that man has to say about me. I know I'm a screw up, but I know through this man I'm made up. Through Jesus, you are made into a new creation. I want you to understand that. I don't want you to ever lose hope. If you guys all agree with that, say amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. Come on, give a round of applause. you again for checking out our podcast if you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing please check us out at www.scarletnote.org see you next time